Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. I would like to give a quick thanks to our tier 5 channel members and patrons. Fallen Angel Buzz Killington Thank you, again. Now on to the story. Neither Snow Nor Rain Written by Ack1308 Truckner swore vividly and smacked the recalcitrant mechanism with his multi-wrench. It wasn't precisely the book-approved method of dealing with the heat exchanger, but sometimes it worked, and it always made him feel better. On this occasion, it didn't do more than make the gauge flicker, but then a distraction arrived in the form of Glatchko, popping her head into the engineering space. You know, hitting it isn't going to miraculously make it work better. Her tone was reproving, but the twinkle in her eye belayed her manner. I know, he sighed. Tell me again why management thought it was a good idea to send us reconditioned reverse blow valves to use in the most essential piece of machinery in the whole mining station again. Cost effective, she replied promptly. A reconditioned valve costs one-fifth as much as a new one and lasts half as long, for saving of 60%. Usually lasts half as long, he said gloomily. Sometimes they cut out one-tenth of the way in. Where's the math on that one? Not in any spreadsheet you and I will ever get to see. She flared a ruff of hair that ran down the back of her neck, a sign of frustration. I've requested new ones, citing how disastrous it would be to have a cascade failure. But all I get is that it's not cost-effective to send the ship all the way just to deliver some valves. The chances are, uh, they're sitting in a warehouse waiting until the next personnel rotation. So, everything will be delivered at once. And I don't rotate out for another two more galactic standard years. He flared his ruff in turn. My life mates will have forgotten my appearance by the time I return. If they could just devote some bandwidth to exchanging messages. You know why they don't? She pitched her voice to sound like one of the annoying artificial intelligences that ran the drilling machines. He joined in, his voice just a little deeper. It's not cost-effective. For all the dark humor in the exchange, there was a real concern there. Trakno and Galchko were part of the mining concern on an iceball planet. In fact, planet 4289045 orbited so far from the primary that the methane berg floated in an ocean of liquid oxygen, surrounded by isolated rock, made of actual rock, on which the mining stations had been established. Such was the makeup of 4289045 that this insane cold, combined with the pressure only found within the planet's crust, had managed to produce some unique and interesting compounds. Thus, the mining station also, thus, the problem with the heat exchanger. Hey, truck, Galt, you there? It was Brudgedrow, who was currently attending the comms console. 
Glad for the distraction, Truckner keyed the microphone to the harness. For an engineering, uh, what's the issue? Are we expecting visitors? Because the ship just warped into the system. Truckner shared a startled glance with Glatchko. Not that I know of. Is it a company ship? No. There was a long pause. It's showing Terran registry. That only deepened the mystery. Planet 4289045 was a long way from the region of space currently claimed by Terrans. Truckner didn't know much about Terrans, though he'd heard all the stories. They were only new on the galactic scene, having made first contact with some other species about ten galactic standards ago. Their tech wasn't the flashiest, but it did the job, and they had a reputation for innovation. Thankfully, that hadn't clashed with any other star nations, despite a strongly hinted at background of almost ceaseless warfare for centuries, or even millennia, before they achieved FTL travel. If this was going to be the first such clash, Truckner felt woefully ill-equipped to deal with it. The mining station had no dedicated weapons, and not all that many things which could be modified to use in a fight. All an attacker would need to do was breach the mining station. All personnel would freeze to death in moments, even before they suffocated. But why would this even be an attack? Terran biochemistry followed the same basic rules as almost every other sapiens race out there, a water-based physiology being predominant amongst them. He'd heard rumors that they were gifted in reconditioning planets for use in their own kind, but there were limits to that sort of thing. Was it piracy? Again, what was the point? The compounds being mined were only of real use to certain industrial processes, but they weren't as valuable or as rare as others. Much more easily accessed materials. The Terrans would have to know that even destroying the station would not serve to hide the fact of the crime. Their culpability. There was simply no point to it. Have you hailed them yet? He asked. It felt like a stupid question, but Pradro had not mentioned doing it, so perhaps that was the simplest way of finding out what was going on. The long-range dish is out, remember? The storm took it down days ago. Oh... Right. Truckner felt stupid, but at least he thought to ask, I'm coming up. I'll keep an eye on the heat exchanger, Galachko said before he could ask her. Keep me posted, all right? Will do. Truckner handed her the multi-wrench. Bash it with this if it starts going wonky. I'll do my best, she gave him a gentle shove. Go. When Truckner arrived at the comms console, Pradro had focused the sensors on one of the mapping satellites on the newcomer. While the sensors weren't optimized for such things, enough of an image came through that it was clear that the ship was built around Terran lines. Pradro looked around. Oh good, you're here. They launched a dropship just after you said you were coming up. A dropship? Trukno looked at the screen Pradro indicated. It was a readout from a weather satellite showing a large, dense object plummeting through 428-9045's thin atmosphere towards the ground far below. Once again, the image definition wasn't exactly first class, but it looked vaguely rectangular in shape and about the same size as the entire mining station. Are you sure? That could be a colony base. It's big enough. I've heard Terrans like to do things their way, but this is ridiculous. 
Padro flared his ruff. I've heard nothing that says that they're any more suited to these conditions than we are. In fact, they are a little warmer than we do. No, I'm guessing that's temporary lander. Why, they're landing something like that at all. I suggest you ask the wind. Well, right now all we have is questions. I'd love to hear some answers. Trapno leaned forward and studied the screen. The dropship, or whatever it was, gave him nothing to go on. Even when another mapping satellite automatically took over and gave him a reasonably clear view from above, there were letters, or perhaps numbers, in Terran script painted on the top. But that meant that he had no idea. First question, what are they doing here? Second question, what's it got to do with us? Prodro tapped the readout. They're almost here. Let's see if they do next. Drakno had to admit, the thermal bloom when the lander deaccelerated was impressive. Everything except the surrounding rock. The dropship had chosen a chunk of flat land not a huge distance away from the mining station, which didn't reassure him. Was boiled away immediately, and he suspected that some of the rock itself had melted as well. Once it was down, eight large legs unfolded from the sides of the craft and braced themselves against the ground. There was a pause. Then a ram dropped down from one end and a vehicle came trundling out. But what vehicle? Rolling along on four sets of caterpillar tracks, it was broad and presumably high. It was hard to tell from this perspective. Scale was likewise hard work to pin down. But the massive contraption looked to be as long and wide as six or seven ground cars. Also, whatever was driving the tracks did not lack for pure, unadulterated motive power. He watched as it accelerated away from the landing craft, for that was what the thing had to be. Even now, the large ramp was folding up again, but the craft showed no other signs of getting ready to lift off. Wherever that thing's going, he said, it's going to come back. Yeah, about that... Paradro zoomed out in the image, then crossed over to another one. One guess as to where it's headed. Trakno didn't have to guess. Here. And you won the grand prize. Paradro didn't sound pleased. Over the next few tenth days, they watched as the enormous machine came ever closer. Trakno wasn't familiar with tracked vehicles, but this one seemed to push whatever limits they might have applied to them. The huge treads thrashed on the methane snows and clunks of ice that got in its way, propelling the vehicle across the terrain at what was considered to be a frankly unsafe speed. Even when it encountered dips or hills, the thing didn't slow down, spraying rocks and pieces of ice in all directions as it bucketed across the obstruction. Closer and closer it came, until one final obstacle stood in its way, a strait composed of oxygen ocean itself. Trucker had no idea how deep it was, but any depth of liquid oxygen was too deep for his thinking, even in a protective suit. One was taking a huge risk wading through the stuff. But, predictably, the vehicle barely slowed, leaving a pair of set gouges in the rocks. It hammered down across the frozen peach and hit the ocean with a tremendous, if silent, splash. He fully expected it to sink, but the very top section of the vehicle, as well as the tracks, remained above the surface, never ceasing with their motion. 
The tracks churned away at the new environment that they found themselves in, spraying a high tail of liquid oxygen behind them and driving the monstrous machine forward to its goal. Persistent, aren't they? asked Pradro grimly. He looked in the distant counter and then the timer. They'll be here soon. What do we do then? Truckner took a deep breath. Find out what they want. It's the only thing we can do. He stood inside the main airlock bay, wearing his protective suit with the helmet and locked, just in case. A screen on the wall, transmitted from the external cameras, showed the approach of the Terran vehicle. It had slowed somewhat after crossing the base perimeter, carefully winding its way between the drill heads and keeping a clear ground. Well, at least they aren't here to wreck stuff. That's good to see. Carefully, it turned around and backed up towards the airlock doors. When it came to a halt, a large rectangular docking tube extended from the rear of the vehicle, angling towards the exterior of the airlock bay. He actually heard it make contact, a solid clang. Then there was a deep whoosh on the other side of the door. He waited. The screen automatically changed, now showing the interior of the docking apparatus. Vapor was the butt, thinning as he watched. Then the hatch on the other end opened, and a bipedal creature in protective suit stepped through. It did something to its helmet, and the entire head covering split like seams, opened up and folded away. Within was a being that was both familiar and foreign to Tructo. Two eyes, front facing, that was common arrangement. Less in the way of the hair than he was used to, less prominent ears, Skin that was a brownish shade of pink. Hair of the face, which looked downright weird. It didn't look identical to the images he'd seen of Terrence, but that didn't matter. This was definitely one of them. I'm opening the outer airlock now, he said, mainly for the benefit of Pradro and Glatchko. Keeping his helmet closed, he slapped the manual open button, and the doors rumbled open. There was a brief gust of air that pushed at him. Humans seemed to prefer their air pressure a little higher. Then the atmosphere equalized. He stepped forward to face the Terran. His helmet readout put the temperature at well within comfortable bounds, and the oxygen-nitrogen levels were definitely survivable. No toxic trace gases. Taking a deep breath just because, he reached up and unsealed his helmet. He didn't have a fancy unfolding one like the Terran, so he took it off altogether. Hello, he said, sticking to the galactic trade. Welcome to this planet. I am Tructo. How may I help you? The Terran stepped forward, white teeth flashing in what seemed to be an expression of humor rather than a threat display. Hi, the human said briskly. Captain Kelly Ryder, Terran Mail Service. Call me Kelly. We've got some packages for you. Truckner tilted his head in puzzlement. Mail? Packages? Captain Kelly Ryder raised mobile brows above their eyes in what might have been a surprise display. They didn't tell you that we were coming? No. Truckner gestured towards the roof of the station. Our big dish went down a while ago. We have had no messages since. Huh. Might as well give you a hand with that while I'm here. In the meantime, well... Come on through. Turning, Kelly led the way back along the docking corridor, wondering exactly what was going on. 
instructor followed. When he got to the cavernous cargo bay of the vehicle, he understood. Several crates showed the markings of new reverse flow valves and the kind that they were desperately seeking for the heat exchangers. But there were other things beneath the cargo netting as well. What is that? he asked, pointing. Oh, uh, supplies in case you ran low. Plus, once we'd advertised that we were coming out this way, your friends and families put together care packages for you. Truckner could barely keep up with Kenny's rapid-fire delivery, but he definitely got the gist of it. And you transported all of this out to us. Why? You have to know that we can't afford the cost of this, and the company would never cover that themselves. Kenny's head was shaking from side to side at this. Truckner tentatively marked that as a negatory gesture. No, no, we're a service provided by the Terran government to cover occupied space. Each of your government pays a fee for us to travel in their space. That covers things like upkeep and wear and tear. You don't pay a thing. The clipboard appeared, as if by magic. All you have to do is sign here that you received your shipment. As if in a daze, Truckner signed at the dotted line. Some things, it seemed... Never changed. I haven't ever heard of something like this before. You're traveling thousands of light years, risking your lives to deliver packages for people you've never even met. Who even does something like that? Kelly grinned again. That was definitely humor, and gestured at the mural painted along the side of the cargo bay. A Terran wearing a red shirt, blue pants, and a white-brimmed hat riding on a hooved quadruped. Even in still image, Trokno could sense the impression of speed across the landscape, only vaguely hinted it in the background. Sir, while your loader crew gets your packages across, let's go get a drink and I'll tell you something that we once had, called the Pony Express. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.